story. Um, yeah, it's um, it's brilliant to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't Thank you for yeah the family that's here. Yeah, uh, Mel's mom's here, and I know uh, Jen's sister is here, and um, her husband and. Am I missing now somebody? I can't miss somebody now. Johan is here. <laughs> yeah, he's part of the family. Um, yeah, it's just so good to see all of you um, guys. Uh, it's it's a great blessing. Um, I want to share something um, out of God's word that I, I, I really believe. You know, so many people actually um, confirmed it in intercession, and then Juana uh, almost stole my my uh, sermon so uh, so i'll just um, go on with he uh, stop um and i want to talk about this morning about um, something that um that would probably uh, stir your heart for a while um you know i've, I've this week um looked at a painting and um i was thinking and we actually had a discussion yesterday strangely enough uh, because i but when i prepared um, the sermon, I thought, you know, how can I actually, you know, just uh, um, give you guys a picture? And, um, and I thought, you know, sometimes you look at a picture or a painting, and that painting doesn't make sense. You try to figure out what the creator of that painting actually, you know, was um, intentional about. You know, it's, uh, it, what was the motivation behind um, his painting and his creativity? And, uh, you know, I've even looked at um, this week, what is those, these double meaning uh, pictures that you get, you know, you see, yeah. depends on your view, okay, and on your viewpoint. Um, and so we had a discussion even yesterday um, about uh, Margot always getting all the rubbish, you know, from um, the second-hand markets, and she thinks this is the most amazing, creative, you know, uh, thing, and I think, but it... <laughs> Those are the kind of things I would put in the rubbish bin. You know, it's uh, uh, that creativity that comes out when she sees a, you know, a, a very strange thing, and uh, and she celebrates it. And uh, you know, I um, so we had a discussion yesterday, and it seems to me that um, Malisha, where Malisha is also such a kind of person. Uh, that hoards things and, and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the value of that thing is determined by whosoever look at it. Is it, yeah, is it not true. the truth? Um, you know, it's not about my opinion clearly. Maru never worry, and Malisha clearly also don't worry about my opinion. Um, it depends on whoever created that thing. What was their intention, and whosoever look at it, their opinion about that thing. But the opinion doesn't matter because if you really want to know what's go going on, you must go and ask the painter or the creator of that thing uh, what was his intention when he started that thing. And um, and when it gets to um, life and, and success in life, um, it's it's the same. It, you know, we we sometimes wonder what is success. You know, what determines success, and how do we actually uh, you know define success in life, and how do we actually celebrate even um, you know success in life? And I've told this story a while ago, but um, I want to tell it again. You know, it was it was strange, um, and I actually. Um, in South Africa, we, we went to um, to some of her galas, and um, 
she was swimming the one and, and, and well ahead of everyone, you know, with the backstroke. And um, at the end, I, I'm not so technical, so I, um, so I don't know uh, exactly what the detail was, but um, she, uh, she got to the end. I was celebrating and my wife was not. That's the bottom line. Okay, I looked at her and I said, but, but she won, she won. And, uh, and so um, Milani um, said to me, well, she touched wrongly. I don't know how you should touch the, 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 um, the end of the um, pool, but uh, you need to actually do it the right way. And, um, and she was disqualified, and, but she won after that alone, so, so that's um, not the issue. But what I can um, just say is that, you know, we often think about success of life, and we, we think about, you know, are we really on the right path with God? Are we doing the right things? Are we actually satisfying God? And the only way that you will find out if you are satisfying, you know, the... Um, the principles of God is actually if you know what God wants. And the challenge for you and I in this process of, of following Him is to figure out what is God doing in our lives and where is He heading with us. Um, and our biggest challenge is to, to find out are we actually abiding by the rules of, of what God is busy doing in our lives. Because if we do, we actually find a place of safety and a place of peace and contentment and that's what we are looking for. Um, and, um, you know, I, 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 um, I'm so certain that uh, Mr. Parker, when he made the Parker pen, had a very different um, um, plan with, uh, with the Parker pen um, and a certain purpose that he wanted that thing to perform. If you don't use it for that reason, it's going to break. And so, when you and I come to life and what God has in store for us, we must determine what God's plan is. And um, I want to take you a little bit on a journey this morning um, on, on s things that God is busy speaking to me about and to, to us about that's um, valuable. Um, and sometimes we start to use products, you know, in a way, I've seen it now with my kids as well. Um, they, uh, they use that battery wrongly and it doesn't um, uh, last as long as it should or myself as well. You put the the wire in too much or these days with lithium bat batteries it's better but uh, I remember when um, we just got batteries in, in, in uh, mobile phones you you had to let it down all the way to um, to a, a state a status of emptiness before you could uh, recharge it again okay clearly I'm <laughs> generation. okay this generation is not talking to me uh, this morning um, but Whenever you use that thing for its purpose, whenever you use the instruction manual, you can actually get a lot more out of it. And, um, and that's where God finds us at a place where He says to us, Listen, I so treasure you. I so much want to love you and, and have a purpose for your life. Um, if you would just abide to, to the things that I have in store for you. Listen to this scripture. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action listen to this he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action mm -hmm. now listen to this and 
I'm going to use a few principles out of uh, Craig Deal's um, book, and, and you guys, please get it if you don't have it. It's one of those books that I every so often just go and get out of my bookshelf again of uh, um, ancient parts. And, um, but, but the blessing of it is, he says that, um, you know, it's, it's like a power cable that, um, you know, you get um, these power cables that runs from one uh, borrow to the other, which is quite powerful. And, um, and what happens is if there is, um, if you align your power cable close to that very strong power cable, um, you can actually see the current jumping from one cable to the other, as long as it's parallel, as long as that cable runs, you know, in the same direction or, or parallel to, uh, to the current um, that is happening. It actually can jump from one to the other, but just be careful that you don't cross the current. Mm -hmm. As soon as you uh, cross those currents, you must be very careful because there will be uh, sparks going around. You know what, with life it works the same. As long as we stay on God's route and parallel to the plan and purpose that He has for our lives, the current can jump. And we can feed from the provision that He gives us and the plans and the purposes that He has for our lives. And you know what, there's, um, there's a place that God wants us to come to where you really need to ask yourself, do you believe that God's way is the good way? You really believe that this current of God is the only one where you can find your source and it can jump and, uh, and energize you to, uh, to bring you to, uh, to the fullness that God has in store for you. And so we see in society today people being so overwhelmed by the worries and the troubles that's going around that the desperation allows us to do desperate things. Um, life become so heavy upon us and even the uh, the sorrows of life that we find ourselves at a place where we start to do desperate things in order to survive and uh, you know i uh, i watched just the um, the news the other day and um, what's going on in china at this stage we must really pray it's, it's you know it's a nation in despair um, it's easy to say that it's not close to us but i can tell you uh, there's a lot of uh, devastation going on um, in that country at this stage because of, of the, you know, the, the sickness that's um, going around. But one thing that I've seen is people rushing to, uh, to, to get food or to even get masks because it's, they're running out of masks in certain areas. And it's strange how humanity is challenging itself when, it, when they are desperate. To, when everyone stampede for, for the food or stampede for those masks, uh, you know, you don't think about the person next to you. You actually don't think about even the long-term consequences to the actions that you have. Because a desperate person does desperate things. And so where society is at today, I can tell you, the problem that we have is most people are in emergency um, uh, uh, um, mode all the time. Most people that are living around us are actually at such a place of despair to just survive life that they would do anything just to to get to the next phase and to um, to survive their circumstances and so um, a starving man will steal um, and um, and that greed and deceit will overcome us when we do desperate things and we look for instant solutions to our problems and so I want to say to you 
we make short-term desperate choices in life that has long-term effects um, and the, the challenge that we have um, is the question about what is the message that we're going to pass on what is the message that has been passed on to us in order to survive in life and it, it, somewhere we must come to a place of again asking the question who am i and why did god put us put me on um, this earth and and these questions are so valid because i can tell you when it gets to our worth and to uh, to a place of asking god the questions about why are we here on earth and why are we doing certain things our hearts start to to um to, uh, to, uh, to open or not open. You know, I see it when um, we go onto the streets and um, share the gospel with people. The first question that you always ask or tell people is, um, hey, this is my name. I'm Hercules. And um, I just want to say to you, God loves you and he has a perfect plan for your life. And it's strange how um, you know, some people just reject it. Some people um, find it uh, too difficult to receive even... But it's amazing how it impacts some people that are ready to receive the gospel and their hearts start to flourish about the fact that somebody at least loved them and that uh, somebody has a plan for their lives. And so, so how we find ourselves um, in life uh, many times is a place where God programmed us with this picture of what he has in store for us and deep down inside you know, we so often recall those pictures and say, God, thank you that you predestined me uh, to be a blessing to this world. And two things that he, the devil wants to distort normally in our lives is birth. The fact that you and I got to a place where we got born to be a blessing. Um, and that God actually has a plan for us. And what the devil normally steals from the societies that we are in is actually not to celebrate those moments. Those moments where, where yes, I'm wanted. I'm actually at a place where God has blessed me with a future. And so God's purpose um, and his plan for us was always to bring us into a place of protection. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. That place of protection is valued if we go through life in, 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 in phases of blessing where our identity almost, um, not uh, almost, got blessed when we got born. The place where you and I actually were blessed in such a way that our parents spoke over our lives and said, listen, God has called you into being. And I remember um, my parents, you know, speaking over my life. My mom always had the story and still have today. We would sit there at her table and uh, she will often take out the tea and she will tell you, listen, you remember you are a Samuel, hey? You know that I've lost uh, I think it was five, four uh, miscarriages before you. And I said to God, you are like a Samuel. Um, and I prayed you into being because I knew that I will give you back to God and you will serve his purposes. Mm -hmm. So she will sit there and I see that picture so often in my mind. You know, just that around the table, her with a teacup and telling me, can I just remind you? <laughs> 
of the plans that God has for your life. Don't mess it up. And it's strange enough that those moments speak in my life into eternity. I can tell you I will, I will always be haunted by the fact that my mom prayed those things into being my whole life. It's the moments where, you know, I would go with my dad um, and um, he would say, yes, just come with me. And we would go and play with the golf clubs, you know, just um, there on the grass, you know, on, on the, in the park. Um, you know, just hit some balls and, and, and he would speak into my life. He would say, hey, let's, what's going on? What's happening in your life? Those crucial moments, you know, where, where you know that, you know, I, as a student, I would every weekend just go back to look uh, after watch rugby with my dad, you know, and, and to have that mo those moments where I could play the, with the golf clubs uh, with him. The special thing about it was that those were defining moments in my life. You know, later on in my life, it got less and less and less because you, you grow up and you, um, you don't need all those moments every time and every weekend. <laughs> because if you're a student, you know, you need to be encouraged and, you know, you need... But still, those defining moments help you to be protected within the plans and purposes that God has for your life so that you can come to the fullness of what God has in store. So if we talk about life, I can tell you so many people today are neglected within that journey and not have the privilege even of a journey where there was agents of blessing that actually protected them at crucial times in their lives. And, and, and the challenge that we have is that those um, times are the times where you know, we start to wonder, did God really you know, have um, this great plan uh, in my life. And, um, and so the, the enemy will always come with a distortion because he's not a creator. He's um, a distorter. He's the one that will always uh, duplicate because he cannot create. Mm -hmm. So if he knows God's plan for your life, you know, if he knows the purposes that God has for your life, he will very soon start to create another picture. While we are programmed with God's picture and God's plan for our lives, He would come with a counterfeit in which He so often would bring you and I to a place of question again. Who am I? What is my purpose here on earth? Is it really what, what God said um, would happen in my life? And that challenge for you and I is a place where we always will find um, ourselves at a place of of either protection or vulnerability where the enemy can take um, hold of our lives. And I want to say to you this morning, God's heart's desire is to, to love us more, to, to continually um, speak a blessing over our lives. And, and Genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 confirms that. Now the Lord said to Abram, and this is a promise not just to Abram, but to all of us. It says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who honor, dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God's desire for us is to, to, to receive this blessing. Now let's talk about blessing. Blessing is to receive, to accept, ascribe high value to, and consider a person to be a success. So 
So again, coming back to who, who determines what is success in your life? Who determines, you know, um, are you uh, really going on the right path and the right plan that God has uh, for your life? Is the one who created you, the one who has a plan for you, cursing to disempower from prospering, disable a person from thriving, succeeding, or having a pleasant or fulfilling journey through life. Now I want to say to you, God's plan here on earth always was to use the family as the primary unit to, um, to bring us to a place of safety, to bring us to a place where all of these moments in our lives would be protected. And the blessing is God's primary, me primary mechanism of imparting identity and destiny in our, in our lives. And you know what? Our parents make mistakes. And so, so often, you know, me and Milani, even we are so challenged by the fact that we can decide, are we speaking blessing over our children? Are we, make, are we you know, on the right path and agenda of God? Or are we going to speak curse over them? And curse their identity and speak negativity. And at the right moments of their lives, are we there, present, so that we can speak the blessing that is necessary, so that they can come become the, the people that God wants. You know what? Um, I want to say to you this morning: if you feel vulnerable this morning, you feel even I did not have that journey. I did not receive the blessing and the protection that was needed over my life. So that I can be blessed and I can flourish. The good news is that we are going to pray for you. And we're going to trust God for the blessing. Because God can restore. I can tell you my parents were blessed people. But they made gross mistakes. <laughs> but they had the courage to say we want to be a blessing. They had the courage to say we are making mistakes. And we're sorry for it. But we're going to do the best that we can. And so yes in your life maybe... There was agents of blessing that God wanted to put over your life to protect you, to bring blessing over your life that was absent at times, that was even cursing you at times. But God wants to bring restoration. And so I love, you know, just the, um, um, the picture of the plant. You know, I've seen now Chrissy and uh, Renier here in the office. Okay, I... Uh, I, I won't say I hate plants because I love I love plants, um, but uh, I just I I'm just not good at maintaining them. Okay, they always die under my hand. Okay, <laughs> to nurture them. Okay, so so what I've seen with them, and and my mom is also such a person. You know, she uh, she has the ability to. She's got green fingers. You know, she can can take a. Um, you know, a, a piece of, of um, flour or whatever, and she just put it in the ground again, and it just happens. You know, it just grows. Um, Chrissy and, and Renier is like that. They multiply the pot plants here, you know, every week under my nose. And, you know, when I saw again, it's just uh, this old garden in the office. You know? it's, uh, it's amazing to see how people that, that love plants can nurture a plant and just, yeah. you know, make it grow. Um, and make it flourish, and and th they just have a gifting to do so. You know, uh, it's just uh, amazing to see. Even you know, like my wife, she's with the kids like that. Uh, the detail and the the blessing of being around the kids and doing the right stuff for them, so that they can flourish. So that they, and they sometimes moan and complain. Mom, don't put on the coat. You know, don't complain about the gloves and the 
but they actually love it. You know, when she was gone, that's the first things that they complained about. <laughs> the moments of, of nurturing. And so I can tell you, maybe you've been neglected in this nurturing part of, of what God's plan was, but God wants to restore that in your life and bring you back to, to, to not believe the lies of cursing that's happening over your life. So there's crucial stages in our lives. The first is a conception um, where some people don't feel uh, that they were wanted um, as, as children. And it's very difficult to come back from that place to a place where you believe that actually God wanted me to be here. And, uh, you know, and, and, and God did not abort me or, you know, God did not um, uh, um, um, make life difficult for me. God actually wanted me to be a blessing to this world. I was a gift to this world. Um, in the utero, um, birth, infancy, puberty, uh, you know, we've seen the other day with, with Lana, we've prayed over her and blessed her as a, as a woman. Um, marriage, old age, different stages in our lives where we need that nurturing. And this is God's protective plan so that you and I can find the blessing that He has in store for us. Um, so, Craig speaks about a, a story that he had with his um, son. Uh, they actually, they sat in a, a restaurant and um, after church he, uh, he didn't, um, you know, they were in, in a rush and he had to um, give him some food and they were sitting in the restaurant and, and so um, he saw his, his little son struggling with a hamburger and um, at that stage uh, he felt, you know, he's not going to get to eat this hamburger because his mouth is just too small and he, um, he took a knife and he cut the, the hamburger in half and uh, his son started to cry and he pushed the, the hamburger away and he said, I'm not going to eat this. And his dad said to him, but what's going on? Are you just naughty now? You know, are you just now, um, you know, not um, appreciating my help here? And, um, and then he realized and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said to him, listen, you've actually cursed his identity. Because you came to a place where you didn't appreciate him for the person and the world that he has to make certain choices in life. And that boundary is actually so crucial because you and I have the opportunity to bless people every, every day. We have the opportunity to either curse or bless people. And we so often, because of our own needs, crush people around us so that they cannot come to their fruition. And this is the place where God actually brings us back to an understanding that He really values you. He values us. He, he, he values every individual because of what he made you to be. Because of his plan and purpose um, for your life. And those moments of affirmation over your life is, is crucial. You know, Jesus need, needed to go through this. Luke chapter 3 verse 21 to 22, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove. And the voice came from heaven. This must be amazing. Just imagine God can speak over our lives um, these words. You are my son. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. So I went to uh, Israel a few years ago. Well, it's not a few years ago. Um, and um, I got there, Tel Aviv, on the uh, airport. And um, 
I was sta standing there on the airport waiting for the guys that uh, were supposed to pick me up. And, um, and then um, I saw the most beautiful thing. There was um, a bar mitzvah going on. Um, now the Jewish people you know, were so, are so committed to the raising of their, their sons. And at the age of, of 13, a dad would take them. And that's exactly how it happened. This dad came out of the, the airport now, or from the airplane, uh, through the doors. And there was a family, I'm telling you, if I say 300 people, it's really, that's the truth. It was this whole hall of people with balloons and, you know, gifts. Um, I don't know how they're going to get that gifts home, but it's, um, you know, gifts that they are standing um, with, that they now, um, the family, uh, because they don't live in Israel clearly, so they came for this son's um, bar mitzvah, and the whole family was waiting for him on the airport to celebrate his coming to age. And his dad had him on his shoulder, <coughs> on his shoulder, and he was celebrating him as a son, and he was he was shouting to the people um, on his loudest voice, "This is my son." And uh, you know the beauty of this was for me. I thought, you know, how blessed would that be if each one of us could go to a stage like that, where our fathers can just sing, speak out over our lives and say, people, look at this. Look at this. This is the son that I've raised up. This is the daughter that I've raised up. This is the person that God has gifted me with that I'm releasing to the world because it's a gift to this world. You know, and people were just celebrating there, and if they went crazy there in the airport. They took over the airport um, for a 13-year-old boy, um, and every family member had to produce the goods. They had to give lots of money for that boy and for his future. And so I heard from, from the people, some of the people there, they said that every uncle must now give a gift that is worthy of this son's um, future studies. It must cover his studies and his future um, uh, decisions to actually uh, you know, whoever he will marry that he will have enough money. So this the, the gifts represent valuable assets <laughs> that he will take into life. He's well away into uh, you know, adulthood because he's going to put that in the bank and it's going to uh, earn some, um, some good interest. <laughs> but the picture was so beautiful for me. You know, that, that people would actually, you know, make their lives come to a standstill so that they can celebrate the boy of 13 years old because God has brought him to age. And so I can tell you this morning, God's plan for your life is exactly the same. As a father, he picks you up and he puts you on his um, shoulder and he says, listen, my daughter, my son. I love you. I've, I'm celebrating you and I'm, I want to show you off to, to the world. Because you are not ashamed. You are not a disgrace for me. I've made you to be a blessing. And, and you know what, what I've seen in, in our lives and in so many people's lives around us is the one of unrest. The one where we don't find that kind of peace. Where we don't find the kind of blessing that God wanted for our lives watching um, the documentary I don't know if you guys have seen it even it's um, the Ottomans it's um, the Persian Empire that um, came against the um, 
Constantinople, and um, it's actually a good, good story to, to watch. Um, and so for a thousand years, uh, the Crusaders, uh, you know, could defend the city of Constantinople um, because of the safety of the walls. So it's a three-layer wall. I think it's there. Yeah, there you are. Uh, a three-layer wall, and uh, it was almost impossible to penetrate these walls. Um, no, no nation could get it right. And so in the, in the uh, Persian Empire, this was actually a thorn in the flesh because the Christians were ruling in that area because of Constantinople. And, um, you know, having even control over those seaways and, 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 and the boats going around. And so there was this one Ottoman that, um, that actually um, got it right to penetrate the walls uh, after a long battle. We at his last, you know, he, he sent his last troops, and um, and they got to um, to, uh, to get an entry, and um, they took over the city and they turned it into Istanbul that we know today, um, the city of Istanbul, and um, and you still can see the Greek Orthodox Church that is there in um, Istanbul today, um, a massive Christian church that is um, there in the middle of the city, and you know what. For me, it was it was one of those pictures of what wall really means, <laughs> um, because God's plan for us in His protective plan in family life is so distorted in humanity and in in, 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 in societies that we are in now. We don't even know what's going on with our parents these days. We don't some don't even know if they have parents, and I, I'm I'm saying that not you know out of a place of of judgment. I'm saying that out of a place of you know it's it's so sad. That humanity has come to a place where we don't find the protection happening anymore. So within these walls, you know, there's um, a story of these fishermen that would go, and um, they they found out that within the city there's not enough fish. So they would um, start to make a little hole in the wall in order to get to the other side, because then they could go and fish and come back through the wall again. So it's like a secret entrance into the city. But the fish were better on the out, outside of the wall, so soon others discovered the same, and they started to make their own holes in the wall. And the more holes they made in the, the wall, the more the wall started to crumble. And later on, that wall was actually not even visible anymore. Because um, everyone just broke down the wall so that they could get to the outside. The problem is when the enemy comes, there's no wall at all anymore. And it's strange that with us it works the same. These walls of protection and plans that God had for our lives, we so often, and, and remember, yes, the walls are a blessing because it protects us, but it's also a limitation. And those walls of limitation brings us to a place where we are confined within its boundaries. But as long as those walls are up, we are safe. But if we go through the wall to the other side, guess what's going to happen? And if enough people does that in society, you know, so we see that, um, we see it in, in, in Christian nations, you know, happening so um, uh, deliberately these days, where uh, in the past, at least, I, I say, you know, that um, at least traditional churches helped us to, to keep the boundaries safe. 
the fact that traditional churches, yes, today we can criticize a lot about, you know, is there life or is there not life and all kinds of, and why are they running empty? But one thing that I can tell you, where traditional churches at least thrived in countries, there was at least a sense of what is right and wrong to protect these boundaries. And there was safety within this because children were raised up in a way that they were protected. And even though we can, you know, be so liberated these days, and especially, especially the charismatic movement, you know, we think we are so hyped and, 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 and amazing, but I can tell you, there's so many walls broken down that we have problems that our kids are not enjoying the safety. And the liberty of safety that those walls bring to us. And so we are always having a discussion about the walls. You know, we're fighting about, are we going to, uh, you know, put a hole in this wall so that we can get to the other side, just on this one thing. <laughs> the problem is, if you go through the wall once, you're going to find trouble on the other yeah. side. And this wall, often, uh, or soon, is going to be no wall at all anymore. And so I can tell you, um, look at the nations that once had principles and, and good walls around them, and today, see how they struggle to, um, you know, to get their moral uh, uh, um, compass again back on track. And so we complain, and I can tell you, we don't need to abide by the, the laws that those um, boundaries bring into our life. You don't need to. You don't need to. There's no ways. God said you've got a free will. I don't want to enforce anything on you, but I can tell you, if you don't abide in this, I cannot bless you. Not because I don't want to. I want to. But you'll have to stay within the walls. You'll have to stay in the place of safety so that I can um, bless you and, 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 and get excited about you. So, so we see many walls being like the second one. That it's broken down and it's like a heap of, of bricks and we are just sitting on it and we don't know what to do with them because it's just a, a few loose bricks that's lying around and we don't know uh, why our lives are in such devastation and why society is in such devastation. And until we can come to a, a real conversation about guys, why are our will and our, our lives and our society falling apart, we can, we can go on speculating about, you know, about life and, you know, what's going to make Britain a powerful nation again? How will Great Britain be great again? We don't, we're fighting for the unity at this stage of Great Britain because everyone has their own opinion about stuff. And it's strange, you know, how we get to a place of what I, these days, you know, often tell the guys of self-entitlement where we don't receive from Christ. Where we find it difficult to actually change our lives to adapt to what He wants to do. So I told um, the guys yesterday, and uh, I think I spoke to you guys as well the other day, about a principle that's, um, you know, that's, that just opened my eyes again to, uh, to where we are at as people. Uh, Rassi Erasmus is the Springbok coach. He's, um, the, of the winning Springboks that um, uh, played the World Cup last year, for those who don't know, and they won it actually against all odds. They were not the best team, I don't think they were. Um, but they clearly got some things right. 
Uh, I still believe England was a better team. Um, but, um, but what I can tell you, they got a few things right. And, um, and so, um, so Rossi Rasmus has this clip that he showed on, um, on Facebook um, of uh, when he went to sit down with his uh, team, uh, when he started to, to coach them now. Uh, I think it was two and a half years, or was it two years before the World Cup. And um, he sat down with them and, he, and he, he started to speak to them about, you know, just the cycle of a professional athlete, you know, and especially a rugby player then, um, how it, it happens. And, um, and he said the first phase of a rugby player is the one of hunger, the one of, you know, um, the one of, I will do anything to become a professional athlete or a springbok. Okay, I will do, I will, my lifestyle will change. I will um, give up certain foods, even I will, you know, I will um, do whatever is necessary, but I want to become this thing. And he says, every person in life, and I can tell you, goes through the same cycle. And, and I want to say to you, we as Christians go through the same cycle. So listen to me out this morning. He says, the second one is the one where a person comes to a place of honor. A place where it's an honor to play for your jersey. He says, that brings you to a place where you actually say, Yuck, you know, I'm establishing my name, I'm getting big contracts and lots of money. And, you know, people start to recognize me as a person. He says, and then... Um, you know, that is an amazing phase because you don't want to lose that position. You actually would do anything to stay there because you realize if you lose this honorable place, uh, it will be um, devastating. But then the, the, the third one is the one of entitlement. The one where you start to arrive. And he says most athletes, spring, uh, um, springbok athletes or, you know, uh, rugby players, at this stage, you know, stop their careers. Because if you get to the place of, of entitlement where you believe that you are supposed to be here and you actually have arrived and you are, you know, um, doing great things, he says that's the most vulnerable place that you can be because that's when you lose your position. Because there's somebody else that's hungry enough to come and take your position. And they will practice more. They will do better things. And um, he says, the challenge that that um, you have as a professional athlete is to make a choice then to go to the fourth stage. And the fourth one is the one of ownership, where that jersey becomes your own, where being at that place of honor becomes a big blessing because you realize it's not just about yourself and you realize that there's a legacy that you can embrace um, of ownership of seeing new talent coming through the ranks and celebrating them other team players becoming the people that they've been called to be where you start to think beyond yourself and your own selfish needs and your own name to a place where you can believe in something greater than yourself mm -hmm. And he says, if you look at the great legends of, you know, athletes or rugby players that exist, those are the guys <clears throat> that could play long enough because they took ownership of the position. And I want to say to you in life, it's strange how in Christianity we came to the same place of entitlement. 
He says, you know, that place of entitlement is actually such a scary place because he was the one that always, at that stage of his life, when he was a springbok himself, was complaining about rugby um, uh, uh, practices and the coach doing this wrong and, you know, this guy that's not um, doing his job. And he was complaining about And everyone said to him, you know, you're actually a bad person. <laughs> Because that place of entitlement brings us to a place where we forget about who we really are. Because we've put ourselves on such a pedestal that we've missed out on life. On what God really wants to be in our lives. And I can tell you, Christians go through the same thing. We come to a place of entitlement where we think, you know, we're complaining about everything and everyone around us. And we forget, actually, that it's not about the pastor or the church or the people around me. I must take ownership of life. I must take ownership of the things that I'm doing wrong. I must become a better person so that God can use me. And, and, and when I say to you, society has come to the wrong end of living of life and life in abundance, it's the truth because you see it all around you. Everyone is just entitled. I've got rights. I've got... You know, I've arrived. I'm a professional. I've got a degree. I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a British citizen. I've got certain rights that goes with it. And we've come to such a place of entitlement that nobody's taking ownership of the legacy that God wants to, us to walk into. And so you know what, what happens to us is that you and I come to a place that that, um, that is actually devastating because it, um, it breaks down God's promise for our lives. I'm not going to do the last bit, um, Audrey, but um, I, uh, I do realize time is running out on us. But um, I want to say to you, God's desire is to bring us back to a place where we can restore the walls. Stop complaining and see how liberal you can become. No, strange how everyone has a cause these days. Everyone has something, an opinion. And we've missed out on the greatest blessing. And that is to say, God, I just want to be under your wing. I just want to be vulnerable. I want to be a child. I want to be your child. I want to be the one that you created me to be. I want to bow my knee and come to a place where, God, you can use me. You can fulfill your plans. In my life. And um, there's a few things I want to end off with. It says, um, forgive the agents of um, in your life that brought destruction rather than blessing. And I, and I want to say to you this morning, you know what? It was wrong that you have not been protected. That was not God's heart for your life. If you went through a lot of devastation and you've not been blessed at certain stages of your life, it was wrong. That was never what God intended for your life. God loves you. He wants the best for your life. But the only place that you can come to in restoration now is the place where you can say, God, forgive me for always complaining about what did not go right 
And God, I want to come to a place where you can put your wings over me now. Where you can start to celebrate me. God, where you can come and tell me what is your plans for my life. Because that place of contentment brings you to a place where you can start to thrive. But so many people are still, you know, complaining and murmuring and being negative about Egypt and they forget about the promised land. You know what? Most people spend all of their lives talking about Egypt rather than to celebrate the promised land. And I want to say to you, in between Egypt and the promised land, there's a journey. And it's a beautiful journey that God has in store for your life as soon as you can find contentment in where you are at. But stop blaming everyone around you for what is not happening in your life. Because if you're not going to embrace God's love and His acceptance and the fact that, he, that you can trust Him enough that He wants the best for your life, it's going to be very difficult to get to the promised land. Ask God's forgiveness for neglecting His wall of protection. And I want to say to you, some of it means that we must go back into our homes and say to ourselves, me and my house will serve the Lord. We will have to go back into our houses, put scriptures on the walls if it's necessary, so that we can remind ourselves about what God actually wants to do. To us and our children, if we don't impart into our children, there's going to be a lost generation that will not live according to the purposes of God. Biblical examples, we need to speak about these things. You need to speak about your mistakes <laughs> um, to people around you so that they can learn from it. Um, embrace the godly ways in our lives. Stop pushing the limits. Okay, and think that you're going to get away with it and not burn your fingers. Live godly lives. Live lives according to the word of God so that God can set you free. Give the spirit full reign in your soul. A place where he can rule and you can be navigated by him. And then get rid of the shame and the fear by choosing life and freedom. Can we stand this morning? I can get the worship to you. No. Some of us must go back to the drawing board and um, look at that picture. might be even a mess today. And you are struggling to figure out what this picture looks like and what, what does it say. Some of you are very vague even in what's God's plan for your life. And it's time to actually go and ask the Creator what He intended with this uh, picture. Because that's where we find contentment in life. If you know you're in the perfect will of God, I can tell you that's the only peace that will set you free. I'm not at the best place that I can be in my life. I can think of many uh, nice West Indian um, uh, 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 islands that I can go and lie on. Um, <laughs> 
or should I rather say the nicest places. The weather is not always so nice. It's normally it's very good here in the UK. It's very good. But there's many places that I can be at that is very romantic and amazing. But you know what? <laughs> I found that those can be the worst places to be at if you're not in the will of God. I'm at exactly the right place where God wants me to be. I, yes, I want, you know, I said, I was joking the other day, I said, you know, I would love that um, I'm watching The Voice, and I, I watch those Audis that they are handing out there, I think, yo, you know, I must enter this competition that I can get one of those Audis. Um, there's many things that I want. <laughs> there's many dreams and, you know, distorted images that... that the enemy brings to me all the time about what would be nice. But there's only one place of contentment that you and I will find contentment in, in, in God's plan for our lives. And I want to say to you, uh, come back to be godly people. And, and, and I know you all are. I'm not speaking to the wrong crowd. I know that all of us really want to get it right. We want to. So I, I don't have any doubt in your. But let's keep it up. Let the world not overwhelm us with, with its uh, worries and those big salaries that so easily entice us. Let me start to live for short term results rather than long-term objectives. I'm living for eternity. My reward will maybe not be in this lifetime, even that Audi might be even <laughs> one day in <laughs> In heaven. But what I can tell you now, every day I'm making eternal choices that's necessary. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I could choose those uh, shortcuts. I want to say to you this morning God wants to lead us back to a place of safety mm -hmm. to rebuild the walls um, and start to, to allow God to make your lifestyle a biblical God-fearing lifestyle Father we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus Father, I'm including myself because uh, I know that one of the things that you've said when 